Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It is 8.34 p.m. here in Ontario, Canada. Notwithstanding clause in the Charter of Freedoms of Canada. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining me this evening, ladies and gentlemen, and happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there around the world. I hope you had a really good day. The weather here in Ontario, Canada was just fantastic. It was a, uh, I guess we can still call it springtime. Summertime arrives on Tuesday. June the 21st. And I'm so excited. I love summertime. So, the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which replaced the Constitution of Canada, back in 1984. Now, what does the Charter protect and what rights are protected? Any person in Canada, whether they are Canadian citizen, a permanent resident, or a newcomer, has the right and freedoms contained in the Charter. There are some exceptions. For example, the Charter gives some rights only to Canadian citizens, such as the right to vote and the right to enter and remain and leave Canada. Right? So, and of course, the guarantee uh, of rights and freedoms, of fundamental freedoms, democratic rights, mobility rights, legal rights, equality rights, and so on. Now, I haven't really, you know, paid too much attention to the, um, the Charter and Freedoms, unless something comes up that, you know, I think is necessary to talk about. Now, part of our fundamental freedoms is we have a freedom of conscience and religion. 
We have the freedom of thought, belief, opinion, and expression. Freedom of association. So meeting under the section two of the charter, Canadians are free to follow their religion of their choice. In addition, they are guaranteed freedom of thought, belief, and expression. Since the media are an important means of communicating thoughts and ideas, the charter protects the rights of the press and other media in, in other media to speak out. Our right to gather and act in the peaceful groups is also protected. Now, and also the freedoms are set out to the Charter to ensure that the Canadians are free to create and express their ideas, gather to discuss them, and communicate them widely to other people. But section, section 33, I'm sorry, you're probably going to hear me scrolling down through this to like get up to that section actually 32, 32 or 33, maybe I think it is. So, of course, it's a long ways down here. Here at the bottom. Twenty-nine. So, The application of the Charter Sections 32 and 33. Exceptions. See, Section 32 and Section 33 discuss the application of the Charter, which, uh, which it applies to in the limits to its application. Now, 32A and B to the Parliament and the Government of Canada to respect all matters within the authority of the Parliament, including all matters relating to the Yukon Territories and Northwest Territories, to the legislature of the government of each province in respect of all matters within the authority of the legislature of each province. Exception to notwithstanding subsection 1 and section 15 shall not have an effect until three years after this section comes into force. So the purpose of this section 32 is to make it clear that the charter only applies to the government, governments and not to the private individuals, business or other organization. Section 33. It's expression, exceptions were expressed declaration declaration. Now, what that means is that if a premier of a province wants to alter or change a section of the charter, they can use the notwithstanding clause. Now, this has, so if they change something in the charter, 
it has a five-year limitation. And the declaration made under subsection one shall cease to have effect five years after it comes into force or on such earlier date as may be specified in the declaration. And the parliament or the legislature of the province may reenact a declaration made under subsection one for the five after the five-year limitation. Now, premiers across the country wanted this notwithstanding clause in the Charters and Freedoms. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. So last night I was out here and... um, you know, it's bringing up certain points um, of the Charter and Freedoms uh, of Canada. And, you know, talking about um, that our freedoms are not absolute. Now, in the Charter of Freedoms, a section was put in there and it's called the notwithstanding clause. So it gives the parliament or the provincial and territorial legislature limited power to pass laws that may limit certain charter rights, namely fundamental freedoms, legal inequality rights. So if there's something that the, 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 uh, the province wants to say change, so the premier wants to change something in the charter, they can. Now, when it comes to, you know, um, for gathering for, um, you know, religion or, or whatever the case may be, where you come from around the world and you come to Canada and you become a citizen. And so what what the government so what the and this is this you know this is happening or has happened in the province of Quebec. Now Quebec is um, the French province of Canada. Now, what they went and did, I don't think this is the one here. This is the French, so with the French language. I believe it was so gotta come up here. It should come up here. Okay, so this is all right, so this is Bill twenty one. This is a really controversial bill that the Quebec government passed using the notwithstanding clause. So 
what this means is, is so this this bill 21 is a law which uh, disproportionately impacts people who are already marginalized. So this new Quebec law banned Canadians working as teachers, lawyers, police officers, and more from wearing religious symbols such as crosses, hijabs, turbans. This is not only affects people currently working in the public sector, but also the youth who aspire to those careers. So people who are working in like being a teacher, lawyers, police officers, in, in working in government, they cannot wear these religious symbols in the province of Quebec. That is absolutely ridiculous because in the charter it says that we have that freedom of religion. Doesn't matter where you come from, race, color, ethnics. But because they put this notwithstanding clause in the charter, any premier of any province can change something in that charter. And if the courts ruled against it and said it was unconstitutional, The notwithstanding clause overrides that. I think this is really ridiculous. You should be able to wear something, you know, to express your faith. You know, not wearing something that that is, you know, um, uh, I guess um, hurtful to to somebody, racist. You know, of course, not going to be wearing, shouldn't be wearing that kind of stuff. But this is basically coming down to the issue to express their faith um, through what they wear. Right. And people should not be forced to make that choice between their religion and their identity and their profession. The government should not be allowed to impose their beliefs on the people of Quebec, nor should they be dictating to individuals what they can and cannot wear. far as I'm concerned, in my opinion, with the Quebec government, this is just an abuse of power. And it's, it is an abuse of the, not, the uh, notwithstanding clause. You know, the women who choose to wear scarves, hats, and turbans should also have a right to freedom of expression and religion which is in 
the charter. And to make their own choices without government interference, like all people in Canada. You know, because these people come from all different parts of the world. They come, you know, um, from the Middle East. And, you know, they, they wear these scarves, these hats, or these turbans. And they go and, and they move to the province of Quebec, come to Canada, and they go to Quebec, to Quebec. And this is the law that the Quebec government passed under Bill 21. It harms immigrant and racialized communities in particular. And what about the young people? Their 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 kids. They want to be a teacher. They want to be a police officer. They want to work in other government agencies and because of their beliefs and their religions and what they wear the only way to work then in those fields is that they will not be able to wear scarves hats turbans And you think something like that would never happen here in a democracy here in Canada. I don't believe that this um, notwithstanding clause should ever, ever been put in the Charter and Freedoms. But all premiers and in all three territories wanted this clause put in this in, in the Charter of Freedoms when they were writing the Charter of Freedoms in 1984, which was replacing the Canadian Constitution. Now, of course, lots of people are speaking out about this. A lot of Canadians, me, you know, to defend the rights and freedoms of those living in Quebec and millions of others in Canada. This National Council of Canadian Muslims and young education student, we challenge the, we challenge the law in court. And the government and the Quebec government is forcing their politics on all Quebecers by forcing people to dress contrary to their own private beliefs. This law dis discriminates against people currently working in the public sector. And they go a lot further. Ladies and gentlemen, if Bill 21 wasn't enough for the Quebec government, you know, they come up with another bill 
Bill 96. And what's in the Quebec's new law to protect the French language? Now, I've been I've been to uh, Quebec a few times, um, mostly in Montreal. A lot of English people, speaking English people in, in, in Montreal. The further north you go, the further east you go, um, the further, you know, southeast or whatever like that. And they, they, they tend to speak more French or just fluent French all the time. And that's fine. You know, that's, that's, that's your choice of language, right? I mean, we speak French and English here in Canada. Those are the two official languages of this country. So what the Quebec government has, has went and did with this was, was, you know, Quebec politicians have approved Bill 96, the government's controversial proposed law to protect the French language in that province. So the new law, the official uh, titled an act respecting French in the official and common language of Quebec. Reformed several pieces of, of the Quebec legislation, including the charter of the French language, touching everything from education to health, to the rights of, of uh, immigrants, you know, to be served in other languages. Now, when it comes to their education, you know, I was watching uh, a news story on this the other day and, and touching on the education in, in French, you know, so now the new law caps how many students can enter English language colleges, right? The number of students in English language colleges as a proportion of overall students can't be higher than it was the school year before and cannot surpass 17.5% of the overall student population in Quebec. And once you're in an English and once you're in an English um, education, there are new requirements during your studies as well. All students will have to take at least three 45-hour courses in French. So what's, what's wrong with being going to an, uh, um, an English-speaking school in Quebec? There's nothing wrong with that. They have, they have plenty of English-speaking schools in Quebec. Plenty of French schools in Quebec. So basically what, to me, is what the Quebec government is telling people, if you want to come and live in, in Quebec, you are going, if you're going to live and work there, you're going to learn French whether you like it or not. I mean, I have nothing wrong, I have nothing against learning French. You know, here, here's something really funny. I'm a French Canadian. I have a French last name. And I don't speak a word of French.
but it shouldn't be forced upon me to speak it. If I want to, if I want to learn French, I'll take French classes. If I'm going to go live and work in Quebec, don't force it on me that I have to speak French. You know, like I said, I've been to Quebec plenty of times. And yes, they will say hello to you in French. You know, everybody knows what that is as bonjour. And I say it back in English. Hello. And they, then they know right away that, okay, he doesn't speak French. That's okay. We're going to talk to him in English. And they do. So now they'll have to take three 45-hour courses in French. For those with English eligibility, those can be French second language courses. So, class, so classes that just teach how to speak and write in French. And for those without the eligibility, it has to be three courses from your core curriculum. So if you're studying health science, three of your health science courses have to be in French. English eligibility students can also choose to go this route if they prefer. And they go on to say, well, once that's taken care of, there is one more requirement to graduate. The new law says that a student who does not have the speaking and writing knowledge of French required by the government can't get a diploma. How ridiculous is that? I mean, it's not an easy language to learn. And if you don't fulfill all the requirements as a student, you're not going to get a diploma. Now, in the Charter of Freedoms of Canada, two official languages, French and English, and we have the right to choose whatever we want to speak, but not according to the province of Quebec. See, the use is notwithstanding clause. So, so if you, you know, if you don't have though that, that speaking and writing knowledge of French to get that diploma, that means there's a French exam at the end of your studies. The exam is the same across the province, regardless of whether or not the student went to an English or a French school and you need to pass to graduate. So you need to pass that French exam. The law does not change who is eligible for an English education. So, you know, these, these, these people out there protesting for your freedom, your rights and freedoms. Well, 
Well, there's something they can protest against. You know, like, I, you know, they were out there, you know, January and February of this year in Ottawa. Blockading all the, all the uh, roads um, in and out in and around parliament buildings. Disturbing the peace, intimidating, harassing the citizens of Ottawa. Claiming that they're there to get our freedoms back. <clears throat> I'm sure you saw that on your news or you read it on your smartphones, your iPads, or your iPhones. Watched it on television. You know, healthcare, the new law does say that government entities must, in an exemplary manner, use the French French language, promote its its uh, quality, ensure ensure its development in Quebec, and protect it. Even businesses. Business names have to be in French. The general public or, or, or employees of businesses, whether you're going to the shopping mall, they are to greet everyone who comes into their store in French. I guess they just assume that you speak French until you say hello back to them in English and continue to speak to them in English. And also, um, But this here too, it says, but it also holds an exemption saying that a language other than French can be used by government agencies where health, public safety, or the principles of natural justice is so required. It's okay for the government, I guess it's saying here. However, another section specifies that the government agency also cannot make systematic use of that other language, but other language is English. Even, you know, even if you go to court and, you know, you're not really fluent in French, even though you live in the province of Quebec, you'd have to have an interpreter. So while you're, while you're stating your case or your lawyer stating your case in English or whatever the case may be, you have to have an interpreter to interpret it back in French. Or if you have to take the stand and you don't speak French, you have to have an interpreter. 
And I'm sure the judge is pretty smart enough that the judge can also speak English, not just French. I'm sure he can, he or she can understand both languages. But with the notwithstanding clause, that's how it's going to work in the courts. Now, this, this individual uh, of the McGill University, you know, he explained that for Quebec religious symbols, Bill 21, the government had specifically outlined that the entirety of the healthcare system was exempt from the law, and they're clearly choosing not to do that. And he also noted that Bill 96 somehow was shown to infringe on the federal Canada Health Act, which guarantees access to care, the federal law would prevail, but it's unclear it would come to that point in that practice. So even under the Bill 96, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to language, How and why the federal government allowed this notwithstanding clause in the charter is beyond me. It should not be there. The Charter and Freedoms was written for all Canadians, for all newcomers. in this country not written for part of it that can be changed by a premier of a province because there's something in there that he or she doesn't like See, Quebec, you know, I get it, right? It, it is a French-speaking a French -speaking province, but not the entire province. I get it that, you know, they want to protect the French language. I understand that. But you don't force it on people that they have to learn to speak French there. And you don't, and, and you should not be forcing or telling people that when it comes to their religion and their, to, and their beliefs, and the clothing that they wear and telling them they can't wear those clothing if you're going to work in the public sector is wrong. Far as I know, far as what, what I've, I've read, there hasn't been 
not that many provinces that had, you know, changed something. in the Charter and Freedoms. You know, I get that Quebec wants to uh, protect the French language. I get that. But there's other ways of protecting it. Not making people do what you want them to do. What happened to choice? people who choose to send their children to English-speaking schools. That's their choice. But now, they have to learn French. Being made to learn French. Now, I think it was uh, Bill 21 uh, when it comes to, of course, religion and, and their attire, what they wear, stuff like that. That's already that's already into its third year, so it can only stand for five years. And after that, the government of Quebec can reenact it. For another five years, which in two more years, I suspect that's what the, the, the government of Quebec is going to do. Same with Bill 96. When it's five years is up, the government of Quebec can reenact it. And it can continue on and on and on. What else are, is, 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 you know, at one point in time, too, is that uh, the province of Quebec had a referendum. They want to separate from Canada. So therefore, there'd be like, what would they become a country? It would be the country of Quebec. So they, you know, they held a referendum. And of course, that never transpired. It didn't separate. But there are people still in Quebec that believe that, you know, they should separate. I mean, that's, that's their choice, right? They have that choice. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. So, Go ahead and protect your, 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 your French language in Quebec, but don't cram it down people's throat. 
You know, people don't want to speak French. We don't have to speak French. Don't cram it down people's throat and tell them what they can and cannot wear. When it comes to their religion, to their beliefs. It's not like they're out there wearing, you know, hate symbols. Propaganda bullshit. Racial slogans. No, these are people who wanted to come to Canada, get away from wherever they came from, and to have freedom. but still are able to practice their religion and their faith. And they shouldn't have to be told what they can and cannot wear. They want to wear their scarves or their, or, or their turbans. They go right ahead and wear them. It's not happening here in the province of Ontario, where I reside. It's not happened in any other province in this country or territory. You know, that, that would be like telling the Aboriginal people or, or the Indigenous people, you know, um, that they can't wear the, their headgear. That wouldn't fly. They challenged this in the Supreme Court of Canada. And even the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court of Canada, you know, would say, well, that's just unconstitutional. The not withstanding clause can override it, can override the decision of the Supreme Court of Canada. Isn't that ridiculous? Now, when, you know, and, 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 and with this, and with this Bill 96, you know, when it comes uh, um, for newcomers to Quebec, so the new law um, significantly affects the lives of newcomers from outside of Canada in Quebec. So under the new rules, refugees and immigrants moving to Quebec will be allowed to get services in English and or another language for the six months after their arrival. 
after that, all government services will be exclusively in French. Unless it falls under one of the exemptions of health, public safety, or the principles uh, of national justice. And those offering service to the new arrivals will have to do so in French. So for an example, if a government worker was helping an immigrant whose first language is Italian, even if the worker also spoke Italian, the worker would still be obligated to only use French. Isn't that ridiculous? It would be, you know, basically, I mean, it would be impossible to get that notwithstanding clause removed from the Charter of Freedoms. It would be virtually impossible. The federal government of Canada has never, ever used the notwithstanding clause. I think there's only been a, a handful of provinces that have used it. You know, the federal government has other tools. Like the Federal Emergency Act. When nothing is happening, nothing is getting done. Like, you know, like back, back with that big, the big, uh, convoy protest in Ottawa in January and February. You know, finally after week's end with that nonsense going on there, it was the first time that the federal government used the Federal Emergency Act. Excluding you know, excluding the use of the military, but other special tools, but that act gives the government, the federal government, I wonder what's next for the uh, province of Quebec. Is the premier of Quebec done? You know, with what 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 he wants what he wants to do, you know, with the French language, and, and with with um, when it comes to um, your religion and your faith, the the attire that you wear that represents you, that represents your religion or your faith. Crosses and scarves. And turbans. You can't wear them if you're working in the public sector in the province of Quebec.
you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they've had some protests, obviously. And I mean, the, I mean, the government, the provincial government is going to get pushed back. And they did get pushed back. But the premier of Quebec is not budging. When he or she changes something in the charter, it stays for five years. I don't know. I don't know what else they can. I don't. I don't. First of all, I I don't understand what the problem is when it comes to people of different cultures and different religions and, and things like that. What's the problem? You know, the NDP, the NDP leader in the federal government here in Canada, Jingming said, he wears a turban. He's the leader of the NDP party of Canada. I mean, does the, does the, the uh, Quebec uh, government have a problem with that? There's nothing the, 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 that, that the government of Quebec can do about that because it's federal. He can only do Things like that in his own province, not anywhere else in the country. I do not have a problem with people from other religions or cultures. You wear your clothing, that is part of who you are. They don't wear shorts and sandals and t-shirts or jeans and t-shirts. They wear their clothing from where they originated from. So why does the government of Quebec have a problem with people who work in the, who work in the public sector can't wear their clothing which says who they are. I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand what the government's problem is. The government of Quebec. <clears throat> I don't know. I have no idea. I can't, I can't wrap my head around that. And to, and, and you know, when it comes to, you know, the two official languages here in Canada, French and English. 
be able to speak whatever language you want, where you want, when you want. And not being told it has to be French all the time. You know, many years ago, I was driving tanker and I'd, I have to go I'd go to a tank wash um, just outside this outside of, the, uh, of Montreal, the city of Montreal. And it was summertime and uh, there's this young guy there working there. It's a summer job because he was going to school. And um, his English... You know, it, it was a little broken. You know, he, he was, you know, doing okay with it. And uh, I said, well, you know, I said, your, your, your English is pretty good. And he goes, yeah. He says, uh, I learned to speak English watching English television, watching English programs. And then he said, I do terrible in French. <laughs> he's and he's from Quebec and he speaks French and he says he says I did terrible in French. He says I'd rather speak English. He says I'm trying to learn English. And then he'd tell me his friends would come over and he'd be watching something in English and they'd say, Well, why are you watching that in English? And he says, Because I'm learning English. Well, why do you want to do that? Well, it's because it's an official language of this country. One of the official languages, French and English. He's tell, he was telling his friends. That was that was probably about ten years ago. I'm sure he's. You know, he's done his schooling and everything else like that. But, you know, to learn English, watching a program in English and being French himself, you know, you know, he wasn't, you know, doing that well in French. He said, I don't like, he said, I don't like to speak French all the time. Because if you go, you know, even New Brunswick, I mean, New Brunswick, they're going to speak French as well. You know, there's other, you know, Northern Ontario, you know, uh, there's places up there that speak French, even closer to um, Ottawa, the city of Ottawa. A lot of people in Ottawa speak French because that's where the government is. That's where the federal government is. So a lot of people around there speak French too. But they also speak English. But it's not being the premier of Ontario, isn't it forcing it down people who forcing it down people's throat who live in Ontario? Oh, that you have to you have to uh, speak French, and you 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 can't wear um, um, your your religion clothing 
It'll never happen. It would never happen in this province of Ontario, ever. The only time that the Ontario government tried to use the withstand, not the withstanding clause is when it came to how many seats or how many ridings there were going to be. And if he didn't get, if he didn't get his own way, <laughs> you know, to, you know, basically he was just, you know, making, um, the, uh, I guess, um, making the legislator, legislation, yeah, legislator smaller and not so many writings, you know, he was going to use the notwithstanding clause. You know, well, he didn't have to use it. You know, everybody, okay, okay, we'll agree to it. You know, we'll make the writing smaller, you know, and that so that's what they did so it was it was never used here in ontario and like i said maybe i don't, I don't even think a handful of other provinces have ever used you know maybe using the with the notwithstanding clause you know i think it's ridiculous i don't think it should be in the charter you know um when you know, we vote for people who we want to be in office and, you know, we give you too much power as it is. And then they just, you know, as far as I'm concerned with Bill 96 and Bill 21 is it is a, in an abuse of power and, and to use the notwithstanding clause to change certain things in the charter and freedoms. It's ridiculous. So a little educational lesson for you if you're not from Canada. Or maybe you are and you haven't read the charter and freedoms. Section 33 notwithstanding clause you know see that's that's the other thing though too ladies and gentlemen you know um just going back a little bit you know when that when they had that big uh trucker convoy and everything in, in ottawa and um protesting for 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 your for your freedom said from time and time again you never lost your freedom during this pandemic you were restricted Your rights and freedoms are not absolute. And that's where 
the notwithstanding clause comes in. And like I said before, these people, these protesters, these freedom, freedom fighters, whatever the hell you want to call them, I'll guarantee it that they've never writ, they've never read the Charter and Freedoms. They just take their freedoms for granted. And it's right in there. It's right in the freedom. Charter of Freedoms. And it says it right in there. That your freedoms are not absolute. Because if your if your freedoms are absolute, then the then we would not have this notwithstanding clause in the charter. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining me. It is 9.35 p.m. here in Southern Ontario, Canada. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Enjoy your work week coming up or whatever you're going to do this week coming up. Summertime. It's June the 21st, so get out and enjoy that great weather and do what you do in the summertime. Have fun. Be careful. Be safe. Stay out of trouble. And uh, I'll be back out here next weekend. Unless something comes up that I feel is really important to come out here and to talk to you about it and, dis- and, and discuss it. And we'll see what happens because I do frequently check what's going on. You know, around the world, I think it's, you know, relevant. I'll bring that topic up. But it gives me, you know, it gives me a whole week to search for stuff. And to talk about it. So, until we meet again. Next weekend. Next Saturday morning. At approximately... 9 a.m. I'll be back out here. Hope you can join me. So take care and be safe. This is the Trekkers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Good night.